A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. Support Wrestle Talk. Give us a subscribe. Hey, everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Gabbana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both are Ravens. Nevermore. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk Podcast, NXT Flavoured Edition. I'm Al Fakador Laurie Blake and I'm joined by Chopper Pete Quinnell. Hello. Today we're going to be talking about the idea of Shayna Baszler being called up to the main roster after appearing on Raw and biting Berkey Lynch. And there's a bunch of other people who are obviously on the list for getting a call up, but Triple H says, no, 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 no way. You can't have my people. Is that Shakira? No, I don't know who it is. <laughs> yeah, so there's that. And then we're also talking about the go-home show for NXT in the build to take over Portland. Here it is. Let's kick off with a really quick recap of what happened on the show in terms of wins and losses. Mm-hmm. We'll go into more depth about all the matches a little bit later on. So, Roderick Strong beat Bronson Reed mm-hmm. to build to a match with Velveteen Dream, seemingly. Uh, Dakota Kai managed to roll up Candice LeRae before getting into a brawl with Tegan Knox. We had Johnny Gargano submit Cameron Grimes to give him some momentum going into TakeOver Portland. Leo Rush beat Angel Garza. Uh, babyface Andrew Garza, mm-hmm. to become number one contender Jordan Devlin's cruiserweight title. Bianca Belair murdered Santana <laughs> Garrett. Uh, it was embarrassing. Sort of, uh, Did you just get out of the way? I'm busy. <laughs> I actually came out to talk. Get out of the way, woman. And then Adam Cole beat Kushida in a really closely fought contest. And I feel like they were kind of sowing the seed of a Adam Cole injury angle type thing there. They mentioned it a lot on commentary. They were yeah. like always holding that arm and you know on Sunday Champa's going to be looking at that arm but they did the injury. Look at look at the injury. Mm. They kept saying that. So we'll look yeah, back around because I've, I've got a little theory about that. Oh, we'll look we back go. around to that later on. Laurie and his theories. But first let's talk about let's actually rather than talk about NXT let's talk about Raw because <laughs> this week Shayna Baszler made her appearance on Raw to Vampirize Becky Lynch, mm-hmm. new uh, member of the Brood. Yeah, that's it. To Becky Lunch, uh, <laughs> and like she was, she was. Yeah, she basically turned up to beat her down, and then 
take a chunk out of her neck. Mm -hmm. Taking I want a piece of Becky Lynch to a whole new level. <laughs> uh, it was a really cool. It was a really cool segment. It was mm. like, and now we understand why she wore a gum shield the whole time. Because exactly. Otherwise, I guess like she'd cut her own tongue off. Yeah, I mean, I think it was like a, it's like a protective thing. You know how you have like garlic that wards off vampires? I think the gum shield is just something that just stops Shayna biting people. Mm. So when she took it off, she was like, huh, I'm free. I can bite people she's, again. Nah, next week, she's going to be like in a full like Hannibal Lecter muzzle. <laughs> like she's going to be rolled to the ring. Like <laughs> let out. <laughs> I think that would be a really cool visual if someone did that at some point. Yeah? Yeah. Just as a... Very 90s. Yeah, I know. But you know when like when Kane took off his mask and he came out and he was like getting chained up and he had the towel over his head was getting guided to the ring. He was chained up on his wrists and his like ankles like mm. proper like Death Valley style prisoner. I was like, that's a really awesome visual. So I think if they had more like, I'm a, a caged animal, I guess. Yeah. That kind of visual. I think that could really work for her. Really like works it. for a legitimate MMA fighter to be like, Hey, hey, I'm breaking the, not the like, point. I'm breaking the rules that I wasn't allowed to do in <laughs> MMA. No biting, no nut shots. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, no nut shots, even though she's called the man. There's no nut shots there. <laughs> you could try, but you'd be, yeah. <laughs> be swinging in the dark. I know, yeah. Like a pinata party, but there's no pinatas. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, like, coming out of this, everyone was like, does this mean Baszler's now on the main roster? Or, like, not the main roster, just on Raw. Because um, also, it feels like her time at NXT is done, right? It's like, we, we've sort of moved past the point in which you're like, well, what, what really is there more for Baszler? Baszler, Baszler herself was like, I'm going to be Baszler three times. But it was like, sort of all the conviction of, like, I am here this week, and they told me to say things. And so it, it does feel like, you know, I felt like her moving to Raw felt like the kind of logical step for her. However, Triple H on a media call for NXT TakeOver Portland had to address this. Uh, everyone was like, why are you letting your, your, your Shayna out? Why is she biting people? Like, you, get, you need to sort out your Shayna <laughs> or we're going to get a put down. Uh, and he had to come down and say, um, as far as I'm concerned right now, Shayna is still an NXT talent until we make a deal for her to go somewhere else. Does that mean there's a moment where Becky comes hunting for Shayna or vice versa? I don't know. We'll see. Mm. Mm. Leaving open the door of Becky coming to NXT again. Well, so I think, yeah, and I think that's the thing. is like this idea that like until a deal is made for her to go somewhere else. It's not the NFL. It's not, no, a, no. It's not a real, it's not a real draft. <laughs> you own all of them. Like you're the same company. It's, you know, there, there is no deal to be made about where she's going. It's like, I guess the only, the only actual deal is with Baser if they're going to pay her more money. The deal yes. is not Vince and Triple H and Paul Heyman all being like, mm -hmm. they've got a list of, they've got them all on playing cards and they're like, I'll take these guys and you have <laughs> this one. Like, it's not Pokemon. <laughs> like, I'll swap your Shayna Baser for a shiny Charizard. <laughs> it's nothing to do with that. So, like, we, I think that's kind of how the prism that they like to present, that it's it, there's going to be deals and stuff. But I think this is, like, I think Shayna should be on Raw. I think yes. her time in NXT is over. I think the, that roster needs her more than she needs to be on that roster, admittedly. But I also think you can back-reference this to the Charlotte thing from last week. Like, Charlotte mm -hmm. appears on NXT. She gets uh, dunked on by Bianca Belair Quite and literally. Rhea Ripley. Um, but this is to build to a Mania match, but also to give NXT that little boost of viewing figures, right? Mm -hmm. That's supposedly the idea behind the whole... 
Charlotte thing? Because a lot of people were saying, if Charlotte was going to challenge Rhea Ripley for the NXT Women's Championship at Mania anyway, why not wait until after TakeOver Portland, and then you could not have the TakeOver Portland match be quite so, uh, you know, sidelined. <laughs> uh, which Bianca Belair has now made a character trait, which is really good recovery of that. But it's supposedly the reason for it. I believe there was a report by Dave Meltzer who said that uh, that the reason they wanted to do the Charlotte going to NXT angle now was because the ratings in January were much lower than they expected mm -hmm. and it completely blindsided them. They thought they'd turned the corner on those ratings. So now they still want to, they just wanted to get Charlotte there as soon as possible and they didn't want to wait. Um, so I think linking into possibly that open door that Triple H said, oh, Becky might come to NXT for Shayna. I don't think she will, but I think the, the door is very much open for mm -hmm. pretty much anyone to come to NXT at any point and start these this much more frequent crossover between the main roster and NXT. So I don't think it's going to be such a, a feature when it's going to be, you know, the Worlds Collide stuff or Survivor Series when it's Raw versus SmackDown versus NXT. I think they'll still promote that as like this special attraction thing, but I think there's going to be a lot more main roster versus NXT and it's a much more open transition between the two going forward, I think. Yeah, especially if, if that, you know, the rumours to be believed that they're going to move some of the pay-per-views away, NXT is going to mm -hmm. have its own pay-per-views and it's going to be featured on the big pay-per-views as well. Like, it's smart to have a revolving door in there because there are a lot of people who want to go back there and have good matches. There are a lot of people you aren't using on a regular mm. basis who could just turn up and people would be like, oh my God, like Tyler Breeze is the obvious example mm -hmm. of like, was he cared about on the main roster no. at all? No. No. How big was his return to NXT? It was huge. Massive. Finn Balor, the same deal. Like, And then they yeah. do the really brave storytelling that they wouldn't do on uh, Raw and SmackDown with Finn of being like, well, he's a heel now because like on Raw they were just like, but his smile is so gorgeous. <laughs> but he just, how is he going to smile when he's angry? Like, it, it, that, that's, what all that, that's all they think is like, the same with the Ronda Rousey thing of being like, you know, Rousey, she's got such a winning smile. Yeah. She, she couldn't possibly be a legitimate badass. She's got a, she's just got a wonderful smile. Is it Vince McMahon English now? Vince McMahon's a, yeah, he's a, he's a strange old man. And <laughs> he does voices in my in my version of events. Yeah, and I think that that's the, the issue with the, the, the only issue with the revolving door policy and the building to multiple matches on multiple pay-per-views is because the main roster, Raw and SmackDown, do their own thing all the time anyway, and they're definitely viewed through the prism of being the most important. Whatever NXT is doing seemingly doesn't matter. This was no more uh, made clear than the Gargano and Champa showing up on Raw that time and being a tag team and being friends and all that being resolved. It's like anything can be resolved if you get to live your dreams on Raw. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's like making friendships Raw. Uh, and then, then you know, even to a lesser degree, Survivor Series and the Rumble chucked out a bunch of stuff. Survivor Series, especially with the women's stuff, is like people who were in the match the night before or like on the same team fighting for brand loyalty because that's more important than the fact that you dumped me through a load of chairs, Rhea Ripley, isn't it? <sighs> Says Io Shirai. Yeah. And then you had the build before Worlds Collide in which we're building to Portland. Portland's a month away. We're building to it and then Worlds Collide comes along and sidelines, literally just like, T-bones uh, what was happening with Portland to just be like there's an Elia over here and Finn's like where where I want him <laughs> and that now he's back on like oh I hate you Johnny and so I think that with the Charlotte build this has been the first time that I've actually been quite satisfied by NXT doing the two layered build like of going okay well we've got Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley to build to Charlotte is building to Rhea Ripley as well. And we were somehow juggling those three balls. I know that three balls is like, if you say you can juggle, 
three balls is the only amount of balls that you start with. No one, no one says they're a juggler at two, right? But with three people in a storyline where there's two different matches, it's quite impressive to juggle that. Here, I liked last week where it was like, Charlotte comes to NXT, you get your ratings boost, that's really clever. But then they did that great bit of storytelling where Rhea's like, no, 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 we're NXT, you don't come down here and assault us. And then they mm -hmm. dumped her. And they were like, that's Charlotte done with. Like, this is about me and you. This week, Bianca comes out and says like, you're looking, I'm invisible, you're looking through me, you're looking past me. Rhea comes out and goes, I ain't looking past you, I'm looking at you, and then I'm going through you. And then it's like, <laughs> what, what, what a combination of things Crossed are Crossed wires yeah. much like Jesus. But it made sense because Bianca Belair in this situation in which Charlotte Flair's being the big braggy queen and then Rhea's being the newly minted NXT Women's Champion and then also being the flag bearer for the whole brand and being like, well, we're just as good as those other guys, so you should use your rumble shot to come after me. That makes sense. Like, that's a really good way to promote the brand, to boost the ratings, to do all that stuff. It does make the match with Bianca Belair feel like an afterthought. But then playing into the fact that it feels like an afterthought makes it quite clever. Mm -hmm. it, it's really, really good because then Bianca Belair on this week used that of it being an afterthought for her to just be like, you really shouldn't, because I'm awesome. Did you forget how great I am? Well, tough. Here's a KOD for your yeah. troubles. Yeah, so when, when Rhea came out and just said... You got cod! <laughs> <laughs> cod and chips. <laughs> um, yeah, when, when she came out and started saying all those things, I'm, I'm looking at you, but at Portland, I'll go through you. Bianca Bear was <clears> like, <throat> you won't. I'm just going to tell you now, mm -hmm. you won't. And then they had a little brawl, followed by a KOD. Bianca Belair stands tall, and, and you're actually like, oh yeah, Bianca Belair is great, isn't yeah. she? I'm actually really looking forward to that match at Portland now. And they, they've subverted the WrestleMania build and just went, just kidding, it's Portland first. Yeah. And they've kind of recovered the Portland the Portland build. So now it's actually a match I'm really looking forward to still. Yeah. And despite, like you said, it, it feeling like a little bit of an afterthought, it's not a match where I'm just going to go, well, obviously Ripley's going to win. Because mm -hmm. now there is a little part of me that just thinks that maybe B Belair will win. I don't think she will. But there's a little part of me that just says maybe Belair will win and they'll do like a triple threat mm. at Main or something like that. And Ripley could win it back then or... Charlotte could win? I don't know. Question mark. Yeah. Crossed out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't know where it's going to go, which is quite impressive when you've started to build another match at Mania before Portland, mm. that now still at that match at Portland, I'm like, well, I still... I still don't know who's going to win yet. Mm -hmm. So I think it's, it's, a, it's an impressive turnaround. They managed to make it not a foregone conclusion, which, yes. is, which is lovely. And also, I think like what's been interesting about this thing is that obviously Bianca Belair is an amazing athlete. I think everyone forgot how good she is on the mic. Mm. And she has been like, since that for, like when everyone came out at Faria that first week, and she was she did the you don't even go here thing. Mm -hmm. Like you j just forgot how amazing she is at like because yeah. she's got a she's got a presentation style and a way of talking that is very natural. I think that suits her. That feels very confident and sassy, but also is just unique to her. It feels mm -hmm. like she's being herself. Yes. Um, and I think that like you know and I, I think everything about her character makes it feel like that because she's you know she makes her own gear for crying out loud like just the whole thing feels like this is who she would have packaged herself as anyway. Uh, I loved it. Um, I also like but I do think that in this case of uh, this build where we've now subverted the mania build to build Bianca Belair this might be the only time they can do it and it's worked really brilliantly. But you can't now, every time that there's a, you know, the next takeover is before Mania. 
take over Tampa. Uh, and then you've got Mania the next night. And you imagine mm-hmm. NXT is going to be involved in Mania in some way, especially if we're going to have Shayna versus Becky, uh, Charlotte versus Rhea. How do we do that layer of build for that weekend? Because we can't have every person who's not in those matches at Mania going, you're just not paying attention to me. <laughs> pay attention to me. Good guys, pay attention. Everyone just starts looking, jangling keys and stuff. <laughs> Like, so everyone just turns into a cat that's just poking yeah, their exactly. own. Yeah, exactly. Just give me attention. <laughs> everyone, well, everyone's going, psh, 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 <laughs> trying to get the attention of the all the people doing mania. It's like, psh, psh, whoa, banging pots together. Like, <laughs> I just, like little young Bart Simpson. I, I do think this is like, it's been done really well this time. And I just worry that it's not a story you can repeat for everyone. So I'm hoping that they, they, you know, there's there's some thinking going on of like, how do we get round this in future? Mm. Because I think sometimes you've got to decide things are canon. Sometimes you've got to decide what you do have to make a decision on what's more important, and you can't build everything at once. Unless you're going to do the build, like you know, maybe there should have been a match. Like if you weren't going to say that Bianca Belair feels overlooked and underrated here, maybe we should have built a match between Bianca and Charlotte in the meantime. Do all the stuff they do on the main roster, but they're just within their roster to build to elongate stories up to pay per views. Mm-hmm. Do all the, you're going to be in a tag match together, but you don't like each other. Do the, <laughs> you're having a match tonight, and it gets interrupted by this third person. It becomes a three-way match, and then it's like we're still building up to the two-person match that everyone wants to see. Yeah, I, I think that would be a really solid mm. idea. I, I'd, I'd be so into the idea of a Bianca versus Charlotte singles match. Mm-hmm. I think that would be super awesome. I don't know exactly how it would work. Would it, would it be on NXT? Would it be on Raw? I don't know. But I would like to... I would, love to see that match and if it's going to help build to this eventual charlotte Rhea match i'm all for it because it keeps mm-hmm. the plate spinning and it gets people interacting from main roster and nxt which is always like an extra treat because even if it doesn't matter who it is like this person's from nxt you're like oh yeah, yeah. nxt i can do that chance <laughs> exactly yeah so i think ooh, ju- ooh, ooh, i've got <laughs> something for this <laughs> nxt <laughs> so i think just having that as a, a special attraction match at some point mm-hmm. to help further the Ripley feud would be great. Yeah, and I, I think so. I think what's interesting about Rhea and Bianca and Charlotte is that because they've done this swerve, and it does feel like now we don't really know what the uh, the outcome of the Bianca Rhea matches. I, th- I, th- I think like it's probably Rhea, but there is that bit of you that you're like it could be Bianca, mm-hmm. but it could be Rhea. It could be Bianca because. Both of them could easily just go straight to Raw or SmackDown now. And that's the, that's the interesting thing about, and this is part of what the uh, Triple H media call was about, is that people were just like, but then you've got all these people who've made all these impacts on the main roster or like at main roster pay-per-view. So like Bianca showing in the Rumble, Rhea Ripley at Survivor Series, Shayna Baszler at Survivor Series, Keith Lee at both. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you've got all these people that... that you know, and, and Velveteen Dream just wearing "Call Me Up" Vince on his pants. Like you've got all these people that the 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 people writing Raw and SmackDown, the people behind the scenes who are in charge of finding talent, finding storylines, must be looking at going like, "Yeah, want you? Mm-hmm. How does NXT keep them when you know it, it's not? I'm not calling WWE a totalitarian government, but <laughs> it basically is, isn't it? It is. It's a dictatorship." And Vince is in charge. That's very true. And and part of what uh, Triple H on the media call uh, about TakeOver Portland was actually saying was that 
is Keith Lee going up to the main roster? Someone has asked him that very specific question. He said, well, I mean, maybe. Uh, he gave a very uh, politician's answer when it came to Keith Lee because he said, obviously, there's going to be high demand for him, but he's a North American champion, so we don't really know mm -hmm. where he's going. So, uh, again, I still think it's going to be an open door. I still think we're going to be seeing Keith Lee on the main roster for sporadic appearances. Maybe he features in, like, a Money in the Bank match out of nowhere. Yeah, that yeah. would be awesome. Uh, but I don't, I don't, I can't see him going to the main roster like right now. Money I, in I the don't. Bank pitch. Do the same Money in the Bank as this year. Mm -hmm. Money in the Bank. Six guys in the match. One <laughs> of them. Keith Lee wins. One it. of them doesn't appear. No, one of them doesn't appear. Brock Lesnar comes out <laughs> to repeat the process. Yeah. Brock Lesnar starts to climb the ladder because Brock Lesnar's now in the match because that's what that is legitimately what happened at Money in the Bank. Remember, like. <laughs> That was mental. That happens. But as he's climbing the ladder, Keith Lee's music hits and Brock on the ladder just goes, this motherfucker again? <laughs> <laughs> and then Keith tips the ladder over, beats up Brock, puts the ladder up, wins the money in the bank. He looks at the ramp and just goes, oh, big boy. <laughs> what a giant man. <laughs> I am literally gobsmacked. <laughs> um, that would be fun. <laughs> it would never happen. No, no well, yeah. <laughs> Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
someone like Keith Lee, obviously they, they have that, that main roster sheen to them because mm -hmm. everything about them is so amazing. Part of what was so amazing about Keith Lee was they, they brought down a guy from Raw and SmackDown, sort of, mm. a legend, should yeah. we say, to come down and do a wicked sweet promo about him and Dominic oh, Dijakovic. I love this. This like, video package was so good. So this was Mark so, Henry, so good. right? Yeah. Um, so Mark Henry did a, aren't big boys brilliant package? <laughs> Don't be ashamed of yourself. If your name's Vader or Kane or Yokozuna or Big Show tipping over a truck, Big boys are wonderful. Kevin Nash, he's got long legs, doesn't he? Goodness <laughs> me, what a lovely man. That was what, that was the video package, basically. It was just like, cool, look at these lovely big men. And then yeah. it was like, but look at these two lovely big men. He's really big, he moves like he's 205 pounds. Mm. Like, he's really, really big. He can step over the rope like he's cane. But look at him, he jumps in the air like he's flying. <laughs> big, big flying kaiju men, that's what we want. <laughs> NXT. This was a wonderful video mm -hmm. package. Just the idea of having a big man come on to say, big men are good. Yeah. Look at these two, aren't they great? They've redefined what big men are. They've got a big beefy match coming up on Sunday. You should probably watch mm -hmm. it. Just the idea of having Mark Henry talk about Keith Lee versus Dijak is not something that I knew I wanted until it happened. And yeah. I was like, this is genius. It's all, I loved it. It's body positivity, Pete. Men's Health Magazine. F off. <laughs> Big boys is where it's at. Never mind your shredding diets. F off. <laughs> I, I just thought I thought this was great, and it was like it was it was interesting because it was a. I think this episode of NXT basically ran the entire gamut of how do you build a match at pay per view. It was the, it was mm. the clinic of how you do pay per view matches because it was like promo package with the legend putting over two stars makes sense. Big pull-apart brawl between Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai, which I think finally clicked that last bit into place for me of like, yes. I care about this match now. I actually do want to see this. This was very good. Uh, she rolls up Candice LeRae before that to get into the sort of like after-match brawl, which mm -hmm. Candice starts, weirdly. Yeah, that Candace was Candice sort of weird. starts the brawl and then t uh, Dakota's like, well, I'm going to hit you with a ring bell now. So, yeah. dunk. So your fault for starting it. <laughs> ding, ding! <laughs> <laughs> End of match. Give us a subscribe. And then, and then Tegan runs in and yeah, does uh, sort of breaks it all up. We had a the stare down with Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley that we've already covered that ends in a you know someone hitting their finisher and standing tall to sort mm -hmm. of like close out the thing. We also had a stare down between Adam Cole and Tommaso Ciampa to close the show mm -hmm. after Adam Cole had a really bloody good match with Kushida. Yeah. And then we got whatever the bros away to do it. Build. What are they it doing? Build. <laughs> what are they doing? They were having wacky shenanigans mm -hmm. uh, throughout the whole show. They needed to find a way to get to Portland and then their car got towed away because neither of them have a driving license. That's literally illegal, guys. Mm. And then they were on a pedalo where they were thinking about how to get to Portland. Wicked sweet swan pedalo. Yeah. Riding a car a noir. And then he said, don't be a silly goose. It was a swan, not a goose, but nice try riddle. And then they went and got on Triple H's private jet and like sneaked on with the trophy. I have no idea what's going on with these three. I say three because they've <laughs> drilled that into me. They say, yeah. oh, the three of us, because he's talking about the trophy with the two of them. I have no idea what's happening with them. I think I like it, but I can't be certain. Yeah, I, I, my, my view is that it was, it was fine. Yeah. And uh, maybe this should have been happening during the Dusty Classic. Ra like, yeah. Rather than what feels like, because now I don't feel, now I don't think they're going to win. 
Mm. And now I also don't really want, I don't want them to win. I want them to lose now to the Undisputed Era because I want whoever beats the Undisputed Era to be serious. I want it to, I want it to be, I want the Undisputed Era losing all the belts to be as big a moment as the Undisputed Era winning all the belts. Mm. Like I want it to feel like it is the end of an era. I want it to, f- for want of a better word, <laughs> I want it. I just, I want it to feel like it's this big deal that NXT made it out to be because the prophecy and their chokehold on the hold of men's division has been the story of NXT's run on USA so far. It is literally the only thing that's been happening. So I think them losing the titles should have big consequences for those four men as a unit. It shouldn't be we're going into the pay-per-view and Pete Dunne and Matt Riddle have willfully, of their own choice, climbed into the cargo hold of a jet plane in which people freeze to death. <laughs> like, <laughs> Literally, when there's no yeah, heating like, in there. Yeah, so... <laughs> so they're dead, when, when, is what we're when saying. When the brosicles are taken out <laughs> on the other end and still inserted into the match and Kyle O'Reilly, the chasing the dragon, just destroy, like, they shatter. Yeah. They take a high-low and they just explode <laughs> into a million pieces. And like, well, the prophecy's still in motion. Yeah. I, you know, I don't mind... I like the interplay between Pete Dunne and Matt Riddle. It's a funny, buddy cop-style, mm-hmm. odd couple pairing. And they've done well with it so far. This felt like almost slightly too far. It felt a like it bit. felt like a dude wears my car style comedy film stretched out yeah. for a through for a few segments. However, I'm still excited for the match because I know what it's going to be like. It's going to be amazing, and it was at least something different because I couldn't tell you what the other bit of build that you do instead of this is because you would have just repeated one of the other ones. What was so good about this episode of NXT was. Everyone who was in the major feuds was involved in it, except Finn Balor. Finn Balor mm-hmm. was the only person who's in a major match at TakeOver that didn't have any promo time or make an appearance or do anything. Everyone else got a bit of time to show and got a bit of time to remind you that this Sunday you're going to see this match between these people and you're going to enjoy it. You're going to love it. It's NXT. And like you were saying before, it was so varied between all the matches as to how they they built it. One in particular that I absolutely adored was uh, Champa's promo right before uh, Adam yeah, Cole's match hall. with Kushida. Oh, I thought this was an absolute masterclass of how to cut a fiery babyface promo because mm-hmm. he was watching the video clip in the lecture hall of him giving up the NXT Championship, and he's watching it alone in the lecture hall, and he's just saying about, oh, it's been a year and I've been going through all these trials and tribulations and I've been clawing my way back. And he starts firing up and he starts talking directly to the camera, slams his hands on the desk, gets right up close to the camera and he goes, when you look in my eyes, you know that to be true. I was like, oh my God, I'm terrified and aroused, I think. Mm. It was ama- it was. I think that's because it brilliant. looked a bit like The Graduate. So there's a sort of, <laughs> there's a sort of latent Mrs. Robinson-esque-ness to the whole thing. But yeah, yeah it, was, right. it was incredible. I think it was like, such a good I love the bit where, it was the bit where he said like, you know, Maybe there's a guy out there who wants it just that bit more. Maybe there's a guy out there who's been through just that much more. Like, yeah. that was the moment I was like, ooh, yeah. hello. Spicy. Yeah, very interesting. <laughs> I, yeah. That, and I, I think that was a great promo to lead into a really hot match with, like... And I think the difference is it is... It plays off both their characters really nicely, that you've got Champa being... He's, he's been all about the belt. He's all about the belt, no trouble. And... Uh, <laughs> That's all he's really been banging on about and working towards. He's not really had many matches other than that. And Cole has just been out here being like, no, I'm a fighting champion. I'm going to defend the belt. I'm going to take people on. I'm going to come out here and prove every single week that I am the best NXT champion ever. 
And then he has this amazing match with Kushida, yeah. which in my little bit of fantasy booking for it, he's got this, now his arm's been worked over, right? And yep. I'm pretty sure it's the same one he wore the cast on when yes. he had the wrist injury. Yes. I wonder if we're going to get a cast redux. Ooh, uh, that's The fun. sequel, even castier. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, because Kushida locked in the hoverboard lock for ages mm -hmm. uh, in this match. And uh, Cole had already been you know, holding the arm throughout the match. Well, because he got taken down with like mm -hmm. a jumping DDT face crusher thing that then immediately transitioned into an arm breaker. Yeah. And then it was all like, I'm going to work over the arms, I kick the arm while you're holding the ropes, mm -hmm. and doing all these big spots, and then hoverboard lock. Obviously. Exactly, yeah. And that hoverboard lock lasted ages. It was like Kushida rolled through it a couple of times, locked it in, Cole almost got mm -hmm. to the ropes, and then he dragged him back and locked it in again and was like kneeing him in the face while he was doing it. So it lasted ages, and Cole was pretty messed up from that. So... I'd be surprised with how well NXT keeps continuity. I'd be surprised if that's not at least referenced on Sunday mm -hmm. in some way, shape, or form. Because uh, even like little continuity like uh, Bronson Reed being kneed by Roderick Strong last week, that was followed up this week with the match between Strong and Reed and Kushida getting dumped in a bin. That was followed yeah, up with yeah. Cole versus Kushida. So instead of just having like a really good match with Cole versus insert random name, because it's a TakeOver Portland build. It was a specific person that already been built up the week before. It was Bin Vengeance. Exactly, yeah. Bin Vengeance. Die hard, die bin with a vengeance. It cast, work. Ca castier to Bin Vengeance. <laughs> uh, it, was, it, was, it was what it was. It was, it was a really good match, and I think it's, but that's, it makes you remember how good Adam Cole is, and then gives you this bit of them facing off the end to be like, oh, and now I really want to see what these two can do together in the ring. And then apparently after the show went off air, because I feel like they just ran out of time, yeah. uh, Champa hits the fairy tale ending mm -hmm. and stands tall holding Goldie. So he sort of shushes it to sleep as everyone leaves the arena, I imagine. <laughs> yeah. Leave quietly, <laughs> she's sleeping. Um, <laughs> to go back to that Bronson Reed, uh, Roderick Strong match as well, I thought that was a, like an interesting bit of build because the other thing this episode did really well is not just go like, here's everything for Portland. It was like, here's a bunch of stuff that you're going to need to remember for the, like, you know, next week's show is also important because mm -hmm. next week's show, we're getting Leo Rush versus Jordan Devlin. Jordan Devlin was in the house to come out and be like, I don't really fancy your chances, Leo, but even though Leo's just put on an absolute clinic mm -hmm. with Angel Garza in a brilliant match with mostly... There was a lot of spots actually where people just ran past each other because <laughs> Roddy yeah. and Bronson did it. Oh, no, sorry, Cameron Grimes and Johnny Gargano did it. Roddy mm -hmm. and Bronson did it a little bit. And uh, Leo Rush and Angel Garza did the whole sort of like that was a fun little spot. Um, so we got that build to hype next week. Then we also got uh, Bronson and Roddy here. Roddy clutches out a win, even though Dream's lighting comes mm -hmm. in as the the big distraction. Know, but then yes. Dream's sort of hyping, uh, basically sleeping with Roddy's wife. So either that's going to be a Portland match, but I feel like more likely that's going to be a... I think it's been announced for next week. I think it's next week, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Dream versus Roddy next week I'm thoroughly looking forward to because it's a blood feud that's not for a title, which isn't all that common in NXT because we've got the Johnny Finn one mm -hmm. and the Tegan Knox Dakota Kai one at Portland, but there's actually a shift in what it's normally about because normally it's about becoming the number one contender or fighting for a title yeah. and that's pretty much the storyline basis but recently we've been getting a lot of blood feuds and this is just a continuation of having more uh, character-based blood feuds which I'm 
all for, big yeah. fan of that. So if we can continue that next week, it keeps the North American title picture away from Dream, and I think Dream could go on to possibly bigger and better things after it. Maybe he gets into a you know an NXT title picture or something like that. Mm, it's probably about time for him, really, isn't it? I think so. I yeah. think he'd be a good cont- like because also he se- like this whole thing with the Roddy's family and stuff seems more like the heel the slightly more heel dream that we were getting before, before mm. he sort of subtly turned. He's never really been truly either way, I don't think. But yeah. I think this 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 feels like the darker aspect of Velveteen Dream, even though he got the big babyface pop returning. I think like this sort of like, I'm now messing with you on a really emotional level mm-hmm. feels like heel tactics to me. It really does, yeah. To mess with someone's family specifically. Yeah, as Myra said, you don't you don't mess with you don't family, mess with people's yeah. family. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So yeah, I, I'd be surprised if this doesn't lead to some sort of because I think Dream versus Champa again. They had that match for the NXT Championship back on Champa's first reign. So I think it'll be good to have a callback and have Dream challenge for it again, possibly as a heel this time. Uh, well, he was last time, but him turning heel now and going against Champa again, mm-hmm. I think it'd be it will be good to have that especially if they have a third match down the line where Dream beats Champa. If they have a second one where Dream comes up short and then in the third one, in the trilogy, their, their long-spanning trilogy, Dream overcomes Champa. That's a really cool long-term story mm. that you could start building. So I, I'd really enjoy Dream turning heel and then becoming a, a challenger for Champa. Maybe not necessarily his first one, but at some point, I'd really dig that. Dream's a good first challenger, though. He makes people look mm. good. That's true. Yeah. That is nine-tenths of the game. That was an incredible Shakira impression, by the way. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I know that was like... It wasn't Shakira! <laughs> is it like 30 minutes ago? We've had an NXT review in the middle. Yeah, we've done a whole thing, yeah. However, if, you, if you're still here from the intro through to the outro, that was great. Mm-hmm. Um, I played D&D. Last you, weekend. You play it? I played it. Oh, you did? Yes, what on did Sunday. You, what, what did you do? I, well, I DM'd, see. Tell Shakira. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I haven't DM'd for a while, uh, for a few weeks now. So it was good to get back into it. Um, it was a, a very fun thing I had because uh, at the... A thing I've got, I think I might have mentioned, I can't remember. Uh, a thing I've got in my campaign is this competition called the Bloodstone Games. Oh, you did mention this. Which yeah. is, yeah, a solo competition, and you go in, and it's got its own scoring system and stuff. Uh, we had another edition of it mm-hmm. uh, in the, the place they're at, because one of the rules is you can't compete at the same location more than once. So your points get totaled up. You have to travel around and go to different locations to get loads of points for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they got come to a, a new city that they're in and they managed to eventually get to it. Um, but I, I I threw them a bone to see if they'd uh, to see if they'd uh, they'd bite. And uh, and they absolutely did. I introduced they went to the to the arena where it was happening to sign up for the for the competition the next day. And while they were there, uh, they spotted the guy who like owns the arena. And then later on, they went to a, a, a tavern, and that dude was there like hella wasted, and uh, and they went up and was drinking with him and all that stuff, and they got the information about what they were going to be facing and what the arena's like, Ooh. which is information they wouldn't have normally. But they rolled really well and did some really cool questioning and stuff, and they're like they. Uh, they from the character they got from him, he was like super into like gambling and things like that. So they made a bet with him, and I was like, "Well, he's gonna he's gonna do it like that's that's his thing." Um, but it was super cool because for this one, I made the arena underwater. Uh, 
Mm. which is very interesting because underwater combat is really hard for people who don't know it's coming. Um, like a, like round two of the Wizard World Cup or whatever it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the Triwizard Tournament. For my it? Goblet of Fire nerds. Uh, yeah. I didn't even, I don't know. I didn't even, I didn't, reference I didn't, for I didn't you. I, but it was a really bad one because I didn't <laughs> even know what the tournament was called. That wizard thing they do. But you knew it. Yeah. And that's the important Gillyweed. Thing. Yeah. You know that? Oh, you don't know God. the name of the Triwizard Tournament? Oh, yeah, I remember Jesus the Gillyweeds. Uh, follow up, remember it. <laughs> Um, but I had it in this arena where it started off just looking like a normal arena, just like a big rectangular thing. And then they just had three X's painted on the ground, like evenly spaced throughout mm -hmm. it. And then the the person who was running it just said, stand on one of them. And then once they stood on it, they go, okay. And then the floor just collapses and a load of water rushes in. And then they release the creature that they're going to be fighting, which was, it was super fun. It was so much fun. They really enjoy doing the Bloodstone games. My players do. And I created completely new creatures for this one as mm -hmm. well. Did this like gigantic acid serpent for one of them and like this huge crocodile thing for another. It was, it was so much fun. And it was like they attempted to like drown my players, but my players had potions of water breathing that they just went and caught. So uh -huh. they tried to drown him. They were like, I mean, I can breathe on here. I'm fine. Stop, stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally, stop, 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 stop. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it was a really, really fun. Bloody love D&D. &D. Yeah, I haven't played. We only did play last week. We're going to play next week, I believe. Yeah. I think we're going to go in the jungle finally, Ooh. which we haven't been in yet. So I, I imagine. To we'll, the jungle. Well, the, the big problem we have is that our paladin has so far refused to take off his armor, <laughs> and our DM is having to be mildly lenient about it because he's just refusing. Right. Um, so he's been warned that, like, if you go in the jungle and you're not prepared with water and supplies and you're too hot, you're probably going to die. Mm -hmm. So like, I've gone out and I've bought. I bought lighter, like my character wore a chain shirt and I went mm -hmm. out and I bought leather armor because right, I also yeah. realized I had the same armor class if I did that. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. well, this makes more That's sense. Fine. Yeah. Um, so I did that, but then, and then just tried to dress like as comfortably as possible. But yeah. our paladin's literally been like riding around on a horse in full armor. <laughs> so I imagine he's basically gonna boil like an egg once we go, like, yeah, yeah steamed rice inside yeah. this tin <laughs> tube. Um, yeah. I, I'm I'm really excited for the sort of jungle thing because we've done all the prep now. It feels like, mm -hmm. and, like and we've bought dinosaurs and we're like we're ready to go. We've got Ankylosauruses, we've got little Hadrosauruses that we're going to ride. Oh, it's gonna, so cool! Yeah, it's going to be like a proper little convoy which we've never done, yeah. and we've got a name like yeah, got a team Re name. The Revenants. The right? Revenants. My my group still don't have a team name despite lots of people asking for it. Mm. Lots of NPCs that be like, oh, what should we call you? They're like, I'm. Damn you! It's like not not individual names. Yeah. See, we panicked. The first, that was it. That was the first time we've been asked though in two like three years of playing. Essentially, mm. it was like, "What's your team name?" It's like we I don't we weren't really calling ourselves a team. We none of us really like each other, so we we, we really <laughs> view ourselves as a group. Um, <laughs> funnily enough, we just thought we were we were a host of individuals. Mm. Yes, I I'm really excited for my next session, whenever it may be, because there's a big thing that's going to happen that I've been building to for ages. And that will be a story for the podcast another day, I yeah, think. Yeah, so you've got it. That's the thing. You don't want to blow your load and like rush to those big I things. Know, yeah. you write, when you write them, you're like, I want to get there. And then yep. you're like trying to rush people through stuff. And then people are like, I don't I just want to knob about. Yeah, but then, but then you've not got any of the build up. You just go straight to the thing. 
you've not got any yeah, of the yeah. build like, that I makes think the having, thing having, good. Having the, sowing the seeds to the big moments is, I think, the best thing to do. Exactly. So hopefully yes. when we go in this jungle, it's going to be epic and mm. our paladin's going to die and that'd be really useful. Because that'd be He's a knob. <laughs> I hate it. Anyway, that's all we've got time for on this weird wrestling podcast that talks mm. about D&D quite often. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.